Masechus Demai Perak Hamish Aleph until Perak Hamish Dalad. The first four Prokim of Masechus Demai discuss the obligation to tithe Demai. Who needs to do it? Who's trusted? What he needs to separate? The fifth Perak of Demai discusses the separation itself, how to separate the tithes. And let's just review which tithes one needs to separate from Demai. Truma Gedola, which is the amount which goes to the Kohen, does not need to be separated because the Amaretz is assumed to have separated it because there's a severe punishment for not separating it. When it comes to Meister Rishon and Meister Oni, which goes to the Levi and the poor person respectively, these don't need to be given to the Levi and the poor person in a case of Demai because it's a doubt as to whether they are entitled to it. And one can only receive something if it's definite that he should receive it. He needs to bring a proof that he should receive it. However, Meisterishan still has to be designated as part of the mixture so that Trumus Meiser can be taken because Trumus Meiser cannot be eaten by a non-Kohen and therefore it does need to be separated and given to the Kohen and that has to be taken from the Meisterishan and therefore even though the Meisterishan does not need to be given to the Levi it does need to be designated so that Trumus Meiser can be taken. We had a discussion as to whether Master Oni has to be designated but certainly Meisterishan does. Now when it comes to Meister Shani, which is what the owner himself can keep, he just has to eat it in Yerushalayim. So since he doesn't really lose anything, he is obligated to take that up to Yerushalayim in a case of Demai. And finally, Chala, which is the gift which goes to a Kohen from the dough, and that, uh, that obligation only comes in when it is made into dough. A non-Kohen can also not eat that, and therefore it does need to be separated and given to a Kohen. Now when it comes to tithing in general, Meister Shani is usually tithed last. The reason being that in the Torah, both Truma and Chala are called Rishis, the first, which implies that they have priority in being separated. Now, my Sarishan also has priority over my Sashani because Trumus Maisa comes from my Sarishan. So, since Trumus Maisa has priority over my Sashani, so my Sarishan has to be separated before Trumus Maisa. Whereas Masashani has nothing racious about it, there's no connection between Masashani and something which is called racious, and therefore it is separated at the end. Now if you recall, we learned in the second Perak that bakers didn't make a lot of profit, and therefore if bakers bought Demai produce and then sold it on to somebody who is particular about Trimus and Maestris, so we said that the baker only has to separate the Trimus Meister and the Chala. But when it comes to Meister Shani, the buyer has to separate that because the bakers don't make a lot of profit and therefore we don't want to burden them with separating Meister Shani. Now in our mission, we're going to talk of a baker who sells in bulk, which means that he makes even less profit than normal bakers, which is a tiny amount. And therefore in our mission, the baker has no obligation whatsoever to tithe the produce as long as he's selling it to somebody else who he knows will tithe it. And therefore the buyer has to separate Trumus Meister Chala and Meister Shani. So the Mishnah tells us, one who buys produce, one who buys bread of Demai from a baker. How should he tithe it? The answer is, He should take the amount of Trumus Meister and Chala. Trumus Meister is a tenth of the Meisterishan, which itself is a tenth of the produce, which means Trumus Meister is one hundredth of the entire bread. And Chala, at least when it's bought from a baker, is one forty-eighth of the bread. Now, he doesn't actually have to separate this from the mixture yet. He could just make a mark on the bread, at the edge of the bread, where he marks off an area of the bread, which is one hundredth plus one forty-eighth of the entire bread. The Omerani says, and the first thing which he needs to say and designate is the Trumus Meiser. But in order to do that, he has to first designate the Meiserishan. So the Omer, he should say, One hundredth of the bread which is over here, meaning in the marked-off part of the bread, on this side of the mark is Masarishan. Now that's only one hundredth. He has to separate a tenth, which is ten hundredths. 
So therefore he says, Usha'ar the rest of the Maserishan, i.e. nine hundredths, Somuchlai, is next to it in the rest of the bread. It's not in the marked off part, because the marked off part represents the bit which is going to the Kohen, and only one tenth of the Maserishan is going to go to the Kohen. So he has now separated one-tenth of the bread as Maserishan, and one-tenth of that one-tenth is within the marked-off part. It's not yet Trumas Maser, it's still at this stage Maserishan. And then he says, Zesh Osisi Maser, this one-hundredth, which I made Maserishan in the marked-off part of the bread, also Trumas Maser, should now be made Trumas Maser Olov on the Maserishan as a whole. So he has now separated one-hundredth of the produce as Trumas Maser in the marked-off part of the bread. Vashar and the rest of the marked off part of the bread, chala, should be chala, and then you can take that part off the bread and give it to the Kohen. Now what about Maestro Shani? So Maestro Shani, he should say that the Maestro Shani is on the north side or the south side, meaning he should designate where on the bread, which part of the bread is Maestro Shani, but he doesn't actually have to separate that. He could if he wants to, he could say that it is being redeemed onto money, like they would usually do when it comes to Maestro Shani, redeem that onto money, and then take the money up to Yerushalayim, and spend it there on produce over there. Mishnah base. we're now going to see another unusual way of tithing, and that is when somebody wants to separate Harut to the Hafrish, one wants to separate Trumos from Smaiseke Achas, both Trumagadoyla, which is generally 2% of the produce, and Trumas Maser, which is 1% of the produce at one go. You want to separate them together, even though Yisrael is not obligated to separate Trumas Maser, because usually the Levi separates that from the Maiserishim which he receives, if this person wants to separate the Trumas Maser, then at least according to our Mishnah, he can. So if he wants to do that together, and give one lot to the coin in one go, how should he do it? So altogether he has to separate 3% of his produce, so how should he do this? He should take, or he should mark off, 1 out of 33 and a third so'ah of the produce. 33 and a third is a third of 100. 33%. Now, one out of that is 3%. So he marks off 3% of the produce, and that's enough for both Trumas Meiser and Trumagadela. And the first thing which he has to separate in this case is Trumagadela. So the Ume he should say, One hundredth of the entire produce, which is here on the marked off part of the produce. So meaning 1% on this side that should be chulin. And the truth is this is not used in the strict sense of chulin. Chulin generally means produce which has been tithed. But over here chulin really means produce which is not holy, it's not trim or anything. It remains tevel. It remains untithed. The hasha'ar and the rest of the marked off part, meaning the 2% which is remaining, that should be for everything. Meaning he's just separated 2% of the produce for Trumagadayla. Now the reason why he can't just say 2% should be Trumagadayla, he first has to say if 1% shouldn't be Truma, and the rest of it should. The reason why he has to do this is because the halacha is Trumagadayla cannot be taken, cannot be separated in an exact way. You can't measure exactly 2%. You need to give it as an estimation. So you can't say 2% should be trimmer. Even if he is separating exactly 2%, he should rather say 1% is not trimmer, and the rest of it, however much it is, should be trimmer gadola. And that way he is not separating it in an exact measured manner. Alright, now he goes on to the trimmer's meiser, the 1%. So, male chulen shiesh kan, the 100th, so-called chulen, 
The 100th untithed produce, which is here, meaning the 1% which is on the marked area, so that should be Maserishan. However, that's only 1%. Maserishan is 10%. So the rest of the Maserishan, which has to be separated, that is next to it, meaning in the unmarked part of the produce. And the bit on the marked off area, which I made Maserishan, should become for the entire Maserishan. And the next two words, the rest of it should be we're not going to explain those words because many Girsas remove those words from the Mishnah. Because we're not discussing dough. We're discussing produce where only the Trimas Maisa and the Trimas Gdoilon need to be given to the Kohen. Nothing else is being given to the Kohen. Okay, and finally, like in the previous Mishnah, Master Shani. The Master Shani, which is the tenth, which has to be separated and brought up to Yerushalayim, Bitsoyna Obedremoi. He designates that as either the north part of the produce or the south part, meaning he designates a specific part of it to be Master Shani. And then if he wants to, he can say that that should be redeemed onto money, and he'll take the money up to Yerushalayim. Mishnah Gimel, the halacha is that if somebody has two piles of produce, and they could have even come from totally different places, but if they are both obligated in the tithes, and they haven't yet been tithed, then I can separate the tithes from one pile on behalf of the other pile. So if, let's say, each pile is 100 so'or each, which means that Maserishan for each pile is 10, so he could separate 20 so'or from one of them, and if he declares that he's doing it on behalf of the other one, then they would both be considered tithed, and both can now be eaten. However, this can only be done if both piles need to be tithed, which means that if somebody has two different loaves, which he bought from two different Amihaarets, so they're both Dumai, he can't separate tithes from one on behalf of the other, because perhaps one of the Amihaarets did tithe the produce and one didn't, which means that not both piles are obligated in the tithes, and therefore he can't separate the tithes from one on behalf of the other. The question of our Mishnah is somebody who buys Dumai loaves from a baker. He buys them from one baker, however the baker gets his ingredients from other people, and those other people are presumed to be Amihaaretz. The question is, do we assume that the baker buys from one Amihaaretz the whole time, or that he buys from a number of different Amihaaretz? So according to the first opinion of our Mishnah, the buyer can separate the tithes from the warm bread, meaning the bread which was baked today, on behalf of the bread which is cold, meaning the bread which was baked yesterday. And the same applies the other way around, when Atsanena Salachama. He can also separate tithes from yesterday's bread on behalf of today's bread. Even if it's from different forms, if the bread is baked in different shapes and they were baked on different days, we still assume, according to Rabbi Meir, that the baker buys his ingredients from one Amharetz, and therefore that Amharetz either does tithe his produce or doesn't. But he doesn't sometimes tithe produce and sometimes not, which means that you can tithe from one onto the other. The Rabbi Meir, that is the opinion of Rabbi Meir, but Rabbi Yehuda Isa, Rabbi Yehuda forbids this, meaning he forbids separating tithes from bread of one day onto bread of the other day. Shani Omer, because I say, says Rabbi Yehuda, Chitim shal emesh, shal echod, the wheat of yesterday's bread was from one Amharetz, so Hayom, but the wheat of today's bread, Hoymishal Acher, was bought from somebody else. And therefore it could be that one of them is tithe and one isn't. Now you'll notice that Rabbi Yehuda agrees that the shape of the bread doesn't make a difference. So if you buy bread in different shapes on the same day, Rabbi Yehuda would agree that you can tithe from one onto the other, because he assumes that they were bought all from the same person, on the same day at least. However, Rabbi Shimon holds that not only is bread which is baked on different days considered to possibly be from different sellers, from different Amihaarets, but even the form of the bread indicates a different seller. So if you buy on the same day different forms of bread, different shapes, 
according to Bishimon, you would not be able to separate tithes from one loaf onto the other. So Bishimon Isa Bishimon's Maser, Bishimon forbids you to do this with Trumas Maser, and the truth is it applies to all of the tithes, except for Chala. Bishimon allows you to tithe from one loaf onto the other when it comes to Chala, and in fact all the opinions of our Mishnah allow this, and the reason for this is because the obligation of Chala only sets in once the produce is made into dough. And the Amihoret sold the produce to the baker before that stage, which means when the obligation set in, all of the produce was owned by the baker, and therefore Chalo can certainly be tithed from one loaf onto the other, and therefore you know that all the loaves are definitely Chayv and Chalo, because the baker did not separate the Chalo himself. Mission Dalit, on a Palter. One who buys from a Palter who is somebody who buys from lots of bakers, and then sells on the produce to different people. So in this case, the mayor agrees that you do need to separate the tithes from each form of bread individually, because you need to assume that each shape of bread came from a different baker, because you know that the palter buys from lots of different bakers. Do you remember that is the opinion of Rabbi Meir? However, Rabbi Yehuda says, even in this situation, on the same day, you can separate tithes from one loaf on behalf of all of the loaves. So Behuda says that even though a palter buys from different bakers, that's on different days, but on a given day, he buys from one baker. He uses one baker as his supplier for one day, and therefore any loaf you buy on the same day, you can separate from one on behalf of the rest. However, Meir Behuda, Behuda agrees to Rabbi Meir, that if somebody buys different shapes of bread from a manpole, and a manpole is somebody who buys from lots of palters, who himself buys from lots of different bakers, so by the time you've got to a manpole, you can certainly assume, even according to Yehuda, that each loaf comes from different people. And therefore, he would need to separate tithes from each shape of bread individually. So if you've got lots of loaves which have the same shape, then you can still assume that they all came from the same person. However, if there are different shapes, you need to be worried that they came from different amiharets, and it could be that one of them did tithe and one of them didn't, and therefore you cannot separate tithes from one loaf, one shape of a loaf, on behalf of another shape.